Hello, beautiful humans, and welcome to Raising Consciousness, a podcast where we can unpack this beautiful and messy human experience together. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am really grateful. I love love, so in honor of Valentine's Day, I decided to do an episode on attachment theory. Learning about my attachment style was one of those things that really shifted my ability to connect. As a result of a challenging upbringing, I had a lot of difficult relationships in my life and I found myself reacting rather than responding. So what I've learned is that our subconscious will run the show to the degree that we let it. So if you are not taking conscious, intentional action, your blueprint of how you are attached to your caregivers can come in and just dominate how you navigate relationships, how you navigate conflict, to the degree of which you feel safe or unsafe with people. And so... I really wanted to be able to respond, so I came across the book Attached, which I'll link in, I'll put the information for that book in the show notes. If you just Google Attached book, there's a whole website, you can take the quiz if you're not familiar with the four attachment styles. I do recommend uh, finding out which one is most applicable to you. I talk about this in my childhood programming episode, but during childhood, our nervous system is developing. It's a very formative time. So we come into the world, right, as perfect little human beings. And we are figuring out, like, is this world safe? Can my caregivers meet my needs? And so an attachment is formed between you and your caregivers, depending on how they respond to your needs. And this lays out the blueprint for how you will navigate relationships not only in your childhood, but for the rest of your life. Like I said, it is subconsciously programmed until you make it conscious and put in intentional action. So attachment refers to how we connect. Attachment theory is not just human-to-human connection, and it's not just romantic relationships. It's all relationships in your life, but it's also how we connect to money, our job, our health, our pets, anything we are in relationship to, there can be a attachment style present. So throughout this episode, I do want to say none of this is a diagnosis or anything of that nature. Attachment theory just helps us understand the science behind relationships, why we do what we do. It gives some normalcy to these patterns we see in relationships Because your nervous system is in response, it's just energy, right? Your body's just energy responding to other people's energy. So I just want to provide you a deeper understanding of what may be occurring for you. So the four attachment styles are secure attachment, anxious attachment, avoidant attachment, and fearful avoidant attachment, which is also known as disorganized attachment. If your caregivers are reliable and present and able to meet your physical and emotional needs the majority of the time, it can result in a secure attachment, which is the ability to cultivate healthy relationships. 
Securely attached people feel comfortable relying on others. They have the ability to express what they need and want. They can have disagreements in relationships and move through in a healthy way. And they are able to balance independence and feeling safe in relationship. They're able to go between those two things fluidly. If there is a lack of reliability, being that sometimes your caregiver is present, sometimes they're not, sometimes they're emotionally available, sometimes they're not, it can result in an anxious attachment. And so anxiously attached people worry about if others are going to like them, if they're going to stop loving them. They typically have big fears and have difficulty with disagreements Sometimes they'll shrink their needs, they won't be able to communicate them, or they'll over-communicate them rather than being able to meet their own needs. They'll put a lot on their partner. So kind of opposite of anxious is avoidant attachment. When your caregivers are emotionally unavailable or emotionally unresponsive, you tend to have to self-regulate. So you can become what's known as avoidantly attached. Generally, those people have difficulties depending on others. They don't have the same focus or emphasis on relationships that anxious people do because there is such an independence as a primary source of importance. They often have difficulty emotionally supporting themselves or others. They may tend to avoid difficult situations or anything that makes them uncomfortable and then there's a mixture so the fearful avoidance like a mixture of anxious and avoidant so basically what happens when caregivers are safe and connected sometimes and harmful sometimes so harmful physically or emotionally it can create this push and pull effect where you were wired for connection so a disorganized or fearful avoidant attached person may crave connection and then once the connection is there they want it to go away because it doesn't feel safe the good news is no matter where you fall in these it's it's possible to source secure attachment it's very likely that if you are a human you have some dysfunctional relationships And I just want to say it's not because you are dysfunctional. It's not because any of your friends or family or partners are dysfunctional. You and everyone around you are really just here trying to get connection in the best way you know how. And a gentle reminder, the relational patterns are how you survive childhood. They protected you. They made you feel safe. They got your needs met the best you could. And they can be rewired. It's likely that with different relationships in your life, you have different attachment styles because there are a number of factors that go into it, such as how your partner's showing up, what experiences you've had, how emotionally aware you are. Are you able to meet your own needs? Are you able to ask and receive support? I believe relationships should be a container for expansion in growth but it is so often that I see the opposite occurring because of our wounding 
where we shrink our needs or we don't ask for support because we don't feel worthy of it or that's not something that we're used to doing. You know how they say opposites attract? It's really common that we see an anxious partner and avoidant a partner uh, attract each other into a relationship. So the anxious partner, whether they say this energetically or verbally, they have this big I need you energy and the energy can be overwhelming. So the avoidant partner feels that and intrinsically is like I can only rely on myself and it creates this cycle of the anxious partner trying to get their needs met so they begin over pursuing and then the avoidant person becomes more withdrawn. The good news here is when both partners are willing to clean up their side of the street if the anxious partner can learn to be a little more self-reliant, like the avoidant partner, that's their strength. If they can just take a step back, and if the avoidant partner can learn to lean in, which is the strength of their partner, and learn to be more vulnerable, it can really help both partners heal. And there's such capacity to meet each other's needs and expand in that relationship the key here is both partners have to clean up their side of the street if one partner in generally speaking it tends to be the anxious partner because they are consumed with relationships so they're more likely to seek out this advice they start cleaning up their side of the street and then try to go over to their partner's side of the street and clean that too it does not work that way you are responsible for your end, communicating your needs, recognizing how you're showing up, and then your partner has to do the same. It really does have to be a meet in the middle type of compromise. I know that I mentioned this can show up in other areas of your life. So I want to give an example. Examining our attachment to money can tell us a lot about how we operate, and how our nervous system is. So let's say you get a really big unexpected bill and you don't have the money to pay it right now. So let's start with a securely attached person. Securely attached person opens the bill. They recognize they don't have the money. Then they make a plan. So they call a friend and they ask to borrow some money. They have no objections to communicating their needs, to receiving support, and they can face the challenge head on. Now, let's say the anxious person is in the same situation. They open the bill, and then they spend all day obsessing about the problem. It's all they can think about. How are they going to afford it? The energy is really big. And they may ask for support. However, it's like a level 10 emergency feeling rather than when the secure attached person calmly asks for support. There's a difference when you're asking for support in a calm, secure way or in an anxiety-provoked way. It can really be all-consuming. Now let's throw the avoidant person in the same situation. Avoidant person opens the bill, they see it, 
they put it back in the envelope, and then they pretend it doesn't exist. They're not going to call anyone. They're not going to ask for help. They're not going to talk about it. They don't think that support is necessary because they are so independent. They will figure it out themselves. They're going to do it themselves. And if it stresses them out, they're most likely not even going to reopen that bill. With the fearful avoidant, it could be a mixture of the anxious avoidant tendencies. They want the help, but they're scared to ask for it. Or they do ask for it, and then they feel unworthy of it. It's kind of like this help me, but leave me alone scenario. So it really is illuminating to think about the different areas of your life and how you show up and what your attachment to different things tend to be. Now that we've talked a little bit about the styles, I do want to focus on how to cultivate a secure attachment. Simply being aware of your patterns and where you fall on the spectrum is an incredible first step. So maybe you just think, you just audit your relationships in your life and you ask yourself, self, where am I more anxious? Where am I more avoidant? Where am I secure? And you realize, hey, this is what I'm doing to get my needs met. Then from there, if you have more anxious tendencies, you can start shifting by practicing communicating your needs. Practice independence, like when you start feeling really anxious, resource yourself. What makes you feel calm? Do you meditate? Do you do yoga? Do you exercise? You have to move that energy somehow not just putting it on your partner. It is important to communicate, but I would recommend not communicating when your feelings and energy feel very big. So thinking about moving that energy, processing it on your own, and then when you're calm, and if you are in a safe relationship with another person where you feel comfortable, then communicate what you're experiencing. For example, If your partner always leaves without saying goodbye and that makes you feel like really abandoned or anxious, you can say, hey, when you leave in the morning without saying goodbye, it really triggers my anxiety or makes me feel anxious. I would love it if you would just give me a hug and a kiss before you leave for work because it makes me feel loved. Is that something you could do? And if you tend to be more on the avoidant end, really practicing leaning in. And leaning into yourself first, noticing how you're feeling, noticing when you're pulling away. And then again, communicating your experience when you feel calm. Like, hey, when you text me eight times in a row, I feel overwhelmed. Can you please be more mindful moving forward? So with secure attachment being the goal, no matter where you are, it really starts with you, your awareness how you're feeling, what you're experiencing, what are your needs, then communicating, realizing that your partner's a human who's at choice. So sometimes they'll be able to meet your needs, sometimes they won't. It's not their job, but it is in relationship, everybody's job to make the other feel heard and supported. 
One activity that I loved when working through all of attachment is journaling on the question, what relationship have you felt the most safe, secure, and calm in? So figuring out who or what represents secure attachment in your life. Cultivating healthy relationships usually means cleaning up boundaries, practicing uncomfortable conversations, really coming into emotional awareness, feeling your feelings, all of which can be challenging. It takes time. It takes practice. Be patient with yourself. Be patient with your partner. Your programs have been running for however long, however old you are, and there's no quick fix here. It really is a lifelong journey. No matter where you are in the process, just know that you are doing an absolutely incredible job and I am rooting for you. Love and light.